you found it. A Scoop of Life is a podcast produced by Square One World Media and features Cheryl Coop as host and storyteller. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Cheryl Coop, and I am thankful that you have taken time to listen. This is the second year of my weekly podcast, and each episode is a mix of one of my personal stories, music from a variety of Canadian artists, and concludes with a brief spiritual insight. I hope that as you listen, you not only enjoy the episode, but sense God's deep love for you and how your story can intersect with his. The title of this episode is The Young Man, Part 2. The final string of unfortunate events involving the young man is what this episode is about. And this episode is not intended for young audiences. This is a continuation from the last episode of my podcast, so you may want to listen to episode 86 before you listen to this one. It was late August, and my team and I had just completed our trip to Jamaica to work alongside several nationals to improve housing for some of the very poor, as well as update the needs of a local school on the south shore of the country. I was very tired and looking forward to heading first to Toronto, where I would spend several weeks of vacation, and then driving home to Winnipeg with my parents after attending the 45th wedding anniversary of my aunt and uncle. As our plane landed in Toronto, I couldn't believe how weary I was, and realized that one more night in a hotel with my team was the last of my responsibilities, and then they would be on their way home together with the other leaders of the team. Upon arriving at the hotel where we were staying, the clerk at the reception desk pulled me aside and indicated that I had a very urgent phone message and was told that it was imperative I call home as soon as possible. My stomach sank as I wondered what the emergency was and immediately my mind flew to the conclusion that one of my parents had died. I took the message from the receptionist's hand, and to my surprise, it was not my parents' home number on the message, but my town home number, with a message saying that my housemates needed to hear from me as soon as possible. Once the team members were settled in their rooms together with their leaders, I made my way to a phone near the receptionist's desk to call my housemates. Although it was now well past midnight at home, my one housemate answered and asked if I was sitting down. I advised her I was, and then she proceeded to let me know what the emergency was. The previous day was a Saturday, and my housemate that had been working at camp was given the weekend off, so she returned to our townhome to have a well-deserved two days off. Upon her return, she realized she would have the whole town home to herself, as I was in Jamaica and our other housemate was out at her family's farm. She was delighted by the prospect of taking her time to do whatever she wanted and found heading to bed early on Saturday night was a good idea. She was so tired that she fell into a deep sleep and at some time in the middle of the night was awakened by someone shaking her to wake up. When she woke up, There was a person, with a balaclava on and holding a knife to her. He instructed her to get out of bed and to do whatever he told her to. 
He also let her know that he knew she was the only one in the home and that neither of us housemates would be available to help her out. Then he instructed her to perform a number of sexual acts that she would not agree to. With as calm of a voice as possible, she told him that Jesus who was in her was greater than who was in him, and as a result she would not be agreeable to what he asked of her. In his frustration, he threatened her again and demanded things of her she was unwilling to comply with. She found herself quoting verses from the Bible to him and reminding him that this was no way to relate to another human being. He, in his frustration, tried again to get her to bow to his demands, but she would not. Finally, he said he would leave, and after she heard the front door close, she could call the police. Once the front door closed, she called the police, and in record time they had arrived to hear of the terrifying situation she had just experienced. As the police made their way around the townhome, it was obvious that the perpetrator had spent a considerable time in the home before waking my housemate, for there were signs of places he had opened drawers, cupboards, furniture he had rearranged, and even graffiti he had left on the walls. The police were quite sure that they had a severe sexual offender on their hands and needed my housemate to remember as much as she could about him to help them out in trying to arrest him. This was where my housemates decided that perhaps I needed to come home, for the police thought there might be a link between our spring break-in, the Peeping Tom incident in July, and the sexual assault, and as a result needed me to come and personally assist them with the details of those incidents. To say I was in shock after this phone call is the understatement. I remember agreeing to come home as soon as possible, and then sitting down on the floor and weeping and weeping and weeping. Thankfully, one of my female leaders came looking for me and was willing to sit with me as I wept, telling me that the entire team was praying for me and whatever the emergency was. And when I was able to talk, she would be willing to listen. Hours later, I was able to finally get a bit of sleep and then woke up early to say goodbye to my team, the leaders, and then make plans for heading home rather than staying to celebrate my aunt and uncle's anniversary. It was also time to pray most earnestly for my housemate who had been assaulted, that God would be near to her in the most tangible way possible and give her a sense of peace and security that we don't understand, but the gift he often gives when we are suffering. Within 48 hours, I was on the road to home and could hardly imagine how my housemate must be doing under the weight of such a horrific experience. Upon arriving at home, we hugged and cried together for a long, long time. It was heartbreaking to hear even more details of the assault and damage to our home and the ensuing vulnerability we all felt as a result. The next day, I needed to meet with the police and two officers from the sexual assault unit who had come to meet with me, one a female and one a male. I was awestruck by the number of binders they were carrying and mortified when they told me that each one had pictures of sexual perpetrators and they wondered if I could identify the peeping Tom from July in any of the pictures as they suspected our robbery in April, peeping Tom in July and this assault were all related. As I slowly moved through the binders of photos, my stomach churned and turned, 
as I realized that every picture represented someone who had sexually assaulted someone in our city in the past year. It made me sad and sick all at the same time. By the time I reached the last binder, I was discouraged that I might not find the face of the young man I had chased down the back lane a few weeks ago. However, as I came to the last page, there were strips of pictures that had not yet been placed in the binder. And there on one of the strips was the picture of the young man who had peeped into our patio window in July. I started to shake and cry as I pointed at his photo and said he was the one that had been at our patio window. Then I told the police that if he owned a car, what make, model, and color it would be, for I had seen the car he had jumped into after I had chased him down. Several days later, the police called to inform me that my detailed description of the young man and the vehicle he got into aided in them arresting him for the crimes committed in our home. Upon bringing him in for the charges against him, there was a suspicion that based on the pattern of the sexual assault that took place with my housemate, that he may be responsible for others. In the end, it was discovered that he had committed 11 sexual assaults, with every one of them being a rape of a female, ranging in age from 5 to 87 years of age. With one exception, he had not raped my housemate. He pled guilty to all the charges, and it was very, very sad to discover that he was a young married man with a small child and that he had stalked every one of his victims, raided their homes at some point, and then returned to commit the sexual assaults that he did. Within two months of this incident, my housemates and I said goodbye to one another and moved into situations where we could be with others, safe and difficult to track down, as the police suggested not staying in our townhome, as healing may be difficult if we stayed where so many horrific things had taken place. Thankfully, each of us found safe, healing places to live, truly gifts to each of us at that time. The song, Hold On by Kaylin Holmes Losnick, speaks of how it can be difficult to keep the faith when we face horrific situations. But this is also when it is important to rem remember what Jesus Christ has to offer us. Kaylin is a singer-songwriter from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and a dear friend of mine. feels like it's falling down Your feet can't find that solid ground You're searching for that saving breath Cause your heart feels like there's one beat left Well I can give you a love like you never felt tonight Try 
This life makes you feel like why even try? Well, I can give you a love like you never felt tonight. Can be your strength when you got nothing left. Just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come into. Scoop of Life is a production of Square One World Media in Winnipeg. I never planned to be a missionary. At first, I wanted to work in a food factory. That sounded interesting. Then I wanted to be a social worker. That sounded meaningful. Then when I was about 14 or 15, I heard God call me into full-time ministry. That sounded exciting, but uncertain. I've never regretted following where God leads. It's sometimes surprising, sometimes hard, but I wouldn't change a thing. Now I partner with Square One to tell about Jesus. That's fulfilling. To learn more about Square One or to support this project, visit www.squareoneworldmedia.com. May you sense God's nearness in the unfortunate events of your life. In ways that bring peace that is unexplainable is my prayer for you. And once again, I want to read the psalm that David wrote when he was experiencing a long string of very unfortunate events. It is Psalm 34, and I will be reading how it is written in the New Living Translation. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back each week to hear another episode. To keep in touch, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and the website www.ascoopoflife.com, which is spelled A-S-K-O-O-P-O-F-L-I-F-E. Not with a C like in a scoop of ice cream, but with a K as in my nickname, Scoop. I would love to hear from you. Your thoughts on the podcast, any questions you may have, or things you would like me to pray about for you.